all right welcome to podcast seven of the modular nutrition and wellness podcast so today we're going to be talking about something that i get asked a lot right and today's topic is going to be about strength versus size or power versus mass and this is a this is a good one to talk about because you got some people that really just want to get bigger and then you got some people that just really want to get stronger now let here's the caveat here if you are a newbie so someone who hasn't trained at all any type of lifting is really going to get you strength and size now when you're talking about more advanced more conditioned people this is where your training is going to have to be different based upon what your goal is so first i want to start about with this start out with this is that no matter what no matter if you want to build strength or size there's three things you need to take into account when training form progression variety and so when i talk about form pretty much i'm talking about doing the exercise properly and this is is mainly important for long-term preservation so a good example here would be things like well every guy wants to bench press so we'll talk about the bench press typically when you see guys that do bench press incorrectly you start to see shoulder shoulder pains joint pains um begin to develop as they start getting heavier in weight and that's because as they get heavier they're having improper load um, on those joints and ligaments and tendons that's pretty much unnecessary same thing can happen with squats if you squat incorrectly you can have in, you know improper stress on you know patella tendon quads uh, things like that so uh, essentially when you when you have proper form not only do you get proper tension on the muscles that you want to to train you get proper range of motion as well and that allows for for full development so you know you see guys that do quarter squats right and the thing is the quarter squat doesn't develop the entire posterior chain or let alone both hamstring and um, quad you really only get the focus on that one even though squat is a full leg exercise um when you do those partials you do improper form not only can you develop pain later on but you get poor development and over time what that looks like is you get someone that's very quad dominant and don't have you know great hamstring development and that again can lead to injuries for those that are sprinters you know if you have weak hamstrings you end up pulling them a lot all right so i think the next one for me uh, i talked about was progression and another term you may hear is progressive overload and essentially this is just increasing the weight over time and essentially this is important because what happens is when you induce a specific stress on the muscle and you break that muscle down uh, when you're in recovery your muscle is going to repair to come back stronger and as a result coming back stronger you can of course gain mass but if you use the same resistance over long periods of time the muscle is not going to be able to 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 grow back stronger because it's not facing a new uh, a new stressor to make it grow or to make it get stronger. And so we want to slowly increase weight over time, and that allows you to hit hypertrophy, which we will talk about later, 
but also again increase overall strength uh, of that lift and another one which to me i will put form in this at the top it will be variety and variety just pretty much means developing the muscles from multiple angles because when you look at most of your muscles there isn't a muscle that just have you know one head or just one one you know socket of muscles there it's always multiple angles for chest we know about upper chest lower chest mid wide for back oh uh, man back we can go you know traps rhomboids lats uh even if we do quads right your medialis and your lateralis and uh so it, it is those type of things that we want we want to focus on so let's say for some like triceps is a good one because triceps well it's called tri so it has three heads and for someone if you do just rope push downs right you build that long head but you don't build the short head and then your triceps grow but then you don't get the you right and it doesn't look right or for quads where you have the the medialis so that that the teardrop that you see when someone flex the quads and you get the lateralis which is the part of the quad that comes out laterally and it gives your, your quads that width well if you don't train that then it's not going to grow right so for me variety is big if i'm doing uh, a bicep day uh, and i was just talking to a good friend of mine about this we know the curl the bicep curl is king of biceps we do know that but you know the biceps too has multiple heads you don't want to just bicep curl all day and then that's it right if i do biceps maybe i want to throw um throw some hammer curls in there right or i want to throw some reverse curls in there or if i do my bicep curls with dumbbells do a little twist at the top these these methods develop you know different parts of the bicep and my last example obviously would be shoulders shoulders have you know you got front rear um side and so if you say hey i want to build my shoulders and i only do shoulder press shoulder press will build shoulders but will it build the entire thing no and the common weak point you see in shoulders is rear delt because most people don't train rear delt and so if you again if you want to train a full body part you want to get the variety to make sure you're developing the entire um all the heads of that muscle group just to make sure again that not only for physique wise you look balanced but strength wise as well you don't want any weaknesses like i mentioned with the hamstring quad weakness because that imbalance will actually give you a lot of hamstring pulls for those that run or sprint and so i think the next thing i want to get into which is the main topic of of the podcast is going to be training for strength versus training for size and so when we talk about training for strength, let's go there first. The two most important things are gonna be form and progression. And mainly because you're doing compound lifts for one. So if you're competing as a powerlifter, which I did in the past, uh, you're judged off your form, right? If you bench press, butt to the um, pad, uh, upper back, shoulders to the pad, head down, feet flat. Uh, if you're squatting, obviously squatting to the below parallel depth or at parallel. And typically you'll get the commands to squat and then up. Same thing with bench, um, up, down, up, rack. And then for deadlift, obviously the full lockout. So form is important here because again, you have to hit that range of motion and then progression. 
because in order to get stronger you have to constantly increase your weights to hit the maximum weight that you're trying to, to show and typically when you train for strength you're going for compound lifts because the compound lifts use multiple muscle groups to move the most amount of weight right so you, you'll typically hear bench press squat deadlift and overhead press those are all technically full body exercises and they those four exercise sizes give a good indication of overall strength between every single muscle in your body like you're not going to see a, a lat pull down at you know at a, at a powerlifting meet right you're not going to see a tricep rope push down right you, you you do see bias, um, the strict curl, but that's a different story. But again, like you, a guy's not going to come up to you and say, hey, man, what's your, what's your rope push down? What's your lat pull down? It's always, what's your bench press? What's your squat? Because again, those movements are, give a better indication of overall strength. Also, when you talk about strength training, to, to keep it quite simple, you're training on a movement. And how can you maximize that movement? And so a good example I can give you here is bench pressing. So if you ever seen a power lifter bench press, right, you typically see the arched back, the flat feet. And that's because in this case, you're, you're trying to maximize or leverage as much um, muscle pushing, uh, leg drive, everything as you can to move that movement. Versus if you see a bodybuilder, which I'll talk about mass later, that's, that's doing a bench press. They're not doing all that, right? They're trying to hit hypertrophy. You'll see the volume work. You'll see uh, variety. So you see the, the close grip, wide grip. Um, so if you have a camera bar, you do neutral grip, things that hit muscles at different angles. But for strength training, we're training for a movement. We're not training to look good. You don't see a lot of powerlifters that look ripped up, Russell Ori and... and, and Larry Wills, they're a little bit different, right? Because, well, Larry did bodybuild, but typically, from my experience, when I go to a meet, it's always a bigger guy. A lot of them are big country guys. I, you know, I'm from the from the East, and so when I did competition in North Carolina, a lot of big country guys, um, they're just strong, okay? It, it's simple as that. They're training for the bench press, the squat, and the deadlift, and that's it. Um, and can, can you do things such as you know, bicep curls for to help with the deadlift. I mean, yeah, but at the end of the day, the deadlift ain't a bicep exercise. It's, right, it's a, it's still full body to a sense, but can you move as much weight as you can? So training-wise, what you typically see, you typically see lower volume, um, but the intensity is much higher. And that's typically because at the lower volume ranges, what was happening here is that you're utilizing phosphocreatine and anaerobic glycolysis as your major energy sources okay um so when you talk we talk rep range you'll typically see the two to six one of the things that i train with we train let's say a bench press four sets we do eight six four two but which doesn't sound like a lot of reps but at when you're at the set of two you're at 90 85 percent of your one rep max which is very high uh intensity wise right so that's why i talk about the training is different and so when you talk about your nutrition for that, um, yes, you, carbs, you, you best believe you're going to need some carbs, right? Especially for the anaerobic glycolysis. Um, but when I talk about phosphocreatine, that's where you typically see longer rest periods. Because when you, when you say between rep one and three, you're strictly on phosphocreatine, which is fast. You know, you, you're going to consume that fast. 
and the reason why you have the longer rest periods is because you you want to allow for the creatine atp uh, fossil creatine to actually replenish so when you go back to hit that high intensity set again you have enough energy to do it right you're not going to do a set of four maybe at 80 percent when we're at max and a set of two 90 percent when we're at max back to back you're going to need some time to you know catch your breath again let the let the uh the fossil creatine regenerate and you'll feel it um you'll feel like okay man i'm ready to go i think i can hit that set of two now so those, those are things you can feel all right and one thing that i haven't experienced with hypertrophy or size training is that with muscular when you train for strength there's a major neurological component so you hear people talking about the squat being neurologically taxing on the body and that's because when you when you have these higher weights your nervous system is going to send very strong and very fast electrical signals to your muscles to increase the strength so you can actually move that weight but when you lift that heavy for a long time it's taxing and i i I equate it to falling off a cliff and it's weird because it's it's like this you don't get sore but you know i can't do that i really experienced it definitely on squats and deadlifts where you know i was pulling you know four let's say a 455 you know for a set of four then you go to 495 for a set of two it's like okay i finished the 495 and it's not i'm not sore but when you go try to pick it up again you're not moving it and even if you go back down to let's say a 225 for a pull i can't even move that and that's because the neurological system is just taxed it's like you know what you know i I gave you you know everything you need to pull that heavy weight but not now you know it's it's a weird feeling and for those that live heavy you will experience it um again you're not sore but you can't move a weight um and that and that's what's going on there with the neuro the neurological side um and so it's it's a weird feeling but again strength training is 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 an art of its own right so we go to size let's go training for size this will be our last section this this one's getting a little long but the term you'll see a lot of is hypertrophy and uh essentially in, in size training i say form of variety is most important because again you want to develop muscles in their totality you want if you're trying to build your chest you want your upper lower and mid chest to develop um completely right you don't want just the upper chest or just the lower so you want variety in your exercises here and, and it's a hybrid of of compound movements and isolation work and so a good one would be let's say we talk about legs where the compound work would be the quad i mean the, the squat excuse me where the squat's going to get the entire lower body but then you would go into leg extensions to isolate the quads then leg curls to isolate the hamstrings and if you do leg extensions then you would say hey i want to target more uh more lateralis more medialis then you'll start switching your foot position right even with even with squats you can do the same thing if i want to target quads then i'm gonna go narrow stance to get lateralis uh, if I want to go medialis, I would go toes out. If I want to go more hamstring focused, you'll see the sumo deadlift or a very wide stance deadlift. That's the isolation work that we're talking about. That That's where you start focusing on individual muscles. And that's where you see your bodybuilding type training coming in. Where you're, if a bodybuilder says, if, someone, if a judge says, hey, you're lacking on rhomboids, you're lacking on rear delt, 
Am I going to do a compound movement to fix that? No. I'm going to isolate that rhomboids. I'm going to isolate the rear dope to build that up, to you know bring up to par with other muscles. And, and the goal here is, is hypertrophy. And this is where you see a mix of of higher volume and moderate volume, but the higher volume you'll typically see. And your, your rest periods here is a little bit shorter because again, to to reach hypertrophy, I'm gonna talk about how to induce it. Um, your shorter rest periods make it easier for you to actually hit hypertrophy down the line versus taking long rest periods and allowing your muscles to, to repair or excuse me, the phosphocreatine to regenerate. You really wanna just keep beating them down, all right? And so there are three mechanisms that, that are involved um, when you talk about exercise-induced hypertrophy. And they're mechanical tension, muscle damage, metabolic stress. And so when we talk about mechanical tension, this, this essentially refers to how much force or how much weight uh, are the muscle fibers experiencing um, that when, no, when you're lifting. And this can be developed, you can use static movements, dynamic movements. So static movements, you see people do holds, right? So one thing that um, I really liked when I did shrugs, you would do 10 sets of shrugs and then you will hold the shrug for 10 seconds, right? That's that's one way of mechanical tension. And then you have the dynamic, which is the traditional resistance training. So if you talk about a curl, the up and the down motion, the concentric coming up and the eccentric going back down. Um, but here's the thing though, the eccentric part is actually where you get a lot of uh, a lot of stimulus from. And mainly because if you as you're coming down, right, especially if you do it a little bit slower, you're fighting the resistance. You're fighting against gravity pretty much. And those muscles um, essentially are trying to fight that. And that that gives those little those little micro tears that go into the next thing, which is muscle damage. And we talk about muscle damage when you again when you're in the eccentric part of the mo, the, mo, uh, the motion, your contractile elements, so your actin and your myosin, you know, in those muscle fibers, again they're working to resist, or you can kind of look at it as braking, right? In a car, you accelerate, or if you're you know trying to decelerate, you're braking, you're trying to resist that that forward motion. That's what your muscles are doing on the eccentric portion. And that's where you, you hear the term negatives. Um, that's why they're so big in the community because we, the negative is where you get a lot of, you get a lot of um, growth out of that. But essentially what happens is during that eccentric motion, you get these very small tears. Um, not only those contractile elements that I talked about, the actin and the myosin, but also surface membranes, right? Um, sarcolemma. And essentially what happens, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, what will happen is your body will repair those micro tears, but it, it will repair them and make them stronger. So the next time they experience that same force, um, they can overcome those tears. And that's why you need to do um, the progressive overload um, because you want to continually increase so your muscles can grow back stronger and stronger and stronger and bigger. And then the last one, um, which is metabolic stress, which is why I don't think people really talk about, but this kind of goes into why you want the superset. And it refers to when you have a lot of these metabolites that get built up in your muscles. And the biggest one is not only inorganic phosphates, but lactic acid. 
is, is the biggest metabolite that we're talking about. And lactic acid formation comes from um, the glycolytic cycle, so the breakdown of glucose down to ATP, uh, pyruvate, and then lactic acid. And sometimes you see the word lactate. Lactate is a salt of lactic acid, okay? Um, and so the lactic acid buildup is coming from the carbohydrates being used by the muscle to generate the ATP so you can power the muscle. But again, you do have lactic acid um, formation. And as it accumulates, um, again, you feel the burn, right? But from what research is showing is that the lactic acid accumulation in the muscle is thought to really play a big, uh, big role because what, what, what they found out was is that as you have an increase, uh, the, the increase in the lactic acid, they also saw an acute release of different anabolic hormones such as testosterone and uh, IGF-1 and different growth hormones. And so the superset comes in there because what happens if you take a long rest period and you let that burn kind of subside, um, those metabolites aren't there anymore. They're being flushed out. Where if you superset, you get things back to back and you just pretty much keep that burn in that muscle, those metabolites are activating um, those anabolic hormones that I just talked about. And so just to give it cl to close it up here, it's been a little long. Um, I'll say this. This is a good one that I saw on Instagram. If you want to be stronger, you train for the movement that you want to be stronger in. If you want a lot of, a lot of guys, you know, the fellows are like, hey, what's your bench press? A lot of guys want strong bench press and more power to you but if you want a stronger bench press you train you, you train the bench press but if you want to be bigger you want to train the muscle so if you say i want a stronger bench press then you bench press but if you say i want a bigger chest you don't just bench press your bench press then you incline then you decline then you pec day then you um cable work crossovers flies push-ups dips you know, that for that is how you get the chest bigger. And if you look at a bodybuilder, I can guarantee you there is not one bodybuilder, especially if you look at class of physique, physique, open. Yeah, you see how big their chest is. They're not just doing bench press. Bench press is there, don't get me wrong, but it's the variety. They, they do so many other things to develop a full, a very full chest, but a much bigger chest. Whereas if you look at a power lifter, uh, let's say let's say Ju like Julius Maddox, right? He holds the record for the raw bench press. If he says I want to get I want to get stronger, will he do push-ups? Yeah. Will he do some cable crossover cable work? Maybe, yeah. But guess what he's gonna train most often and first and foremost? It's gonna be the bench press. Because he's training to have the record in that movement. He's not training for the biggest, you know, the biggest chest. That's what a bodybuilder is doing. So I hope this helps you uh, you know, helps you understand the difference between size and strength. And so next week, I think what I want to talk about or the next podcast, I think I really want to talk about protein. Uh, and I think there's some misconceptions, but we want to talk about protein and different types of protein and, and what is its importance, not only in your daily living, but when you talk about your meal plan and your diet, what protein can do for you. OK, so thank you all for sticking around. It's been a longer one. I appreciate it. Uh, if you got any questions, you know know the website www.modnutri.com, M-O-D-N-U-T-R-I.com. Um, I got chat functions in there. I got contact me now functions. Uh, the, the Instagram page at Modular Nutrition, 
you got anything you want me to talk about in particular, any questions you have, just shoot them over and I will get to it. I appreciate your time today and we'll see you in the next podcast. Y'all stay safe. Peace.